This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode, we look at how social control can be used to improve your behavior. Get excited because this is Tiny Leaps. Big changes. Big changes. another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple research-backed strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and this episode, I want to talk about something called social control theory. And we'll get into the details in a second, but it's this idea that the more connected you are, essentially, to your social group, this is your friends, family, community around you, so on and so forth, the more connected you are, the less likely you are to engage in crime, right? And it's a theory in criminology trying to figure out who is more or less likely to become a potential offender and either intervene in that and try to change it or know who to sort of pay attention to, right? So it's this really interesting theory that I think has probably been proven over and over again. Uh, And we've seen sort of this play out in a lot of ways. I think there's incredible value to it in criminology. But I think there's also potential value in our personal lives, in the changes that we're trying to create and the goals that we're trying to accomplish. So that's why I want to bring it to your attention today. The goal being, how can we use this? If we know that people react in a certain way based on their level of connection to the community around them, how can we use this in our own lives? How can we use this to be more likely to take the right actions, be more likely to do the things we know we should be doing. All of those goals, all of those desires, the things we say we want, the people that we want to be. How do we get ourselves to actually take action, to show up every day? And based on this theory, it seems like having a connection to the people around us, to other people doing similar things, might be the critical factor, the part that most of us are missing. The idea that we need to go it alone and be self-made might actually be harmful for us if we're trying to create this change. So I think this is going to be a super, super good episode. I'm excited to jump into it. So without further ado, let's talk about the idea, right? The theory, social control. So I'm going to read from a quote here. This is from Wikipedia. There are a number of other sources. I'll link to them, but I thought this was a perfectly fine definition. So we're going with it. Here we go. Quote, 
In criminology, social control theory proposes that exploiting the process of socialization and social learning builds self-control and reduces the inclination to indulge in behavior recognized as antisocial. It derives from functionalist theories of crime and was developed by Ivan Nye in 1958, who proposed that there were three types of control. The first is direct, by which punishment is threatened or applied for wrongful behavior and compliance is rewarded by parents, family, and authority figures. The second is indirect, by identification with those who influence behavior, say because his or her delinquent act might cause pain and disappointment to parents and others with whom he or she has close relationships. And finally, internal, by which a youth refrains from delinquency through the conscience or superego. So I want to just very quickly break that down. So the idea here is that our connection to the people around us, to the community around us, has an effect on what our behavior options look like, right? When we show up and a decision is to be made, an important decision that could have effects on the people around us, we essentially pull from a list of options that obviously we're not consciously doing this, but there are a list of potential outcomes that could happen, right? And they're more likely to happen based on who you are, your situation, the environment you're in, so on and so forth. For many of us, if we have strong connections to the people around us, to the community around us, that list of options doesn't include, typically include deviant behavior, things that would affect those people. And to take that further, we have the three types of control. So direct, meaning that if you do X, you will be punished by Y. And we see this in school. We see this in our larger society. Crimes have punishments. So if you do X, you'll be punished by Y. That is a social contract that has been developed that we've all agreed to in order to be a part of the society that we live in. And so those contracts create a scenario where we're less likely to take certain actions because we don't want the punishments that come with that. Then we have the second, which is that indirect. And this is the idea that if you do something, it might have a negative effect on the people you care about or those people will feel disappointed in you. So we see this often with how kids act in relation to their parents, their family, their friends, their close friends. This idea that you don't want to disappoint them, right? Like maybe you don't have a problem doing this thing, but you don't want to disappoint this person who believes in you, who trusts you, who looks up to you in many ways. And so you're less likely to take that action. You're more likely to remove that from your list of options when you get to that moment where a decision needs to be made. And then finally, there's the internal. So this is you recognizing this doesn't jive with who I want to be, this action isn't in line with what I want for my life. This isn't going to lead to something that I appreciate or that I enjoy, or I just know that this is wrong, that this is harmful to somebody, even if it's a minor harm, right? There are plenty of opportunities through somebody's life where they can steal something, something tiny. Maybe they find a wallet on the ground. Many of us will just turn that wallet into the police station or something like that without taking any cash from it. Some people might take cash from it, most of us won't. That's the conscience. That's the internal control that we have because we know that even if no one would know, even if we would never get caught, it's still not the right thing to do. So those are the three types of control that social control focuses on. Now, the article then goes on to say, and I quote, 
The theory seeks to understand the ways in which it is possible to reduce the likelihood of criminality developing in individuals. It does not consider motivational issues, simply stating that human beings may choose to engage in a wide range of activities unless the range is limited by the processes of socialization and social learning. End quote. So this is what I was talking about before, where the idea is that when you get to a situation where a decision needs to be made, you have a list of options. Now, in theory, that list of options is infinite. Anything that is possible by the laws of physics, you could in theory do, right? But that list gets cut down, again, based on who you are, based on who you're connected to, and based on this social control theory. So the, the idea is that if you're more connected to the people in your community, to the people that you live with, the, the people that you consider friends, if you have a deeper level of connection with them, that list of options that you have to react with becomes much, much smaller because you don't want to take actions that uh, either might not feel right to you or might reflect negatively on them or might cause them to be disappointed or might directly have a negative effect on them. And so you're less likely to do any of those things. Now, I want to look at this because this, like I said at the top of the show, is largely utilized in criminology. It was developed as a way to identify who is more or less likely to become a criminal and how can we intervene with that? How can we get people going in the right path, right? However, there is an extreme, extreme value in this when it comes to our day-to-day behavior, to doing the things that we know we want to do when we're trying to accomplish X, Y, Z goal. And I think the value is in recognizing how important it is to be connected with other people, even if those people aren't necessarily on the same journey as you. Being connected with other people and understanding that these people might be disappointed if you don't do the thing. These people might look at you differently if you don't do the thing. Maybe you have a relationship with them where there's a direct punishment tied to the action, the lack of action. So the more you are connected with people in regards to your goals, the more that you're willing to share with people, talk to them, get their advice, share what you want to do and what you're struggling with, the deeper you're willing to go, the more that you can get out of your own head and stop trying to do this by yourself, the more connected you're going to be in relation to those actions which means you're less likely, as we just learned, to take deviant behavior. And that deviant behavior in this case isn't necessarily a crime, but it's what goes against the norm, what goes against the agreement that you have with the people you're connected to. This is why something like an accountability group is so critical, because it gives you a group of people that are directly connected to you in relationship to this thing you said you want to do. And the deeper you connect with them, the more that you're willing to go deep with them, the more likely you are to take the actions you know you should be taking. And the truth is, we see this happen all the time. When you look at the phenomenon of cults, oftentimes, if you listen to any of these true crime podcasts, any of these stories of how these things formed, how these people find each other and get connected to each other, and how the first job of someone trying to start a cult is to get people to connect with each other in a deep way in this particular setting. They're creating a social contract. They're creating a social context. They're allowing people to go deeper with each other so that 
behavior that goes against what the agreement is, what the contract is, is less likely to happen. We see this happen all the time. It's a critical way for controlling behavior negatively. So my argument to you is now that you know it, are you going to use it for yourself? Are you going to use it to control your own behavior positively, to get yourself to do the things you know you want to do? Are you going to use it to help other people, the people in your life, the people you love, the people you care for, help them do what you know and what they know they need to do? Because now you have the knowledge, you have the tools. You can utilize this for yourself. And you can be more wary of it happening to you. So that's my episode on social control theory. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Find the podcast over on Instagram at Tiny Leaps. Connect with me there. I'm responding to everyone in the DMs. So reach out to me, leave me a comment, drop me a DM, whatever you want to do. I want to connect with you, hear your thoughts on this episode and the entire show. I would love to connect with you and hear what you have to say. I've been Greg Clunas. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day. Every day.